Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Our panel today is our usual crew. We've got Adam and we've got Rhiannon. Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace at Shot of Patron. And I'm Caleb. You can find me at Caleb A. Borchers. Um, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, that's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Uh, we put up a Captain Marvel trailer rev- um, reaction video uh, just yesterday. And then we've got a gifted video that should hit by the time this podcast releases. Uh, Rhiannon, do you want to introduce the uh, the folks to our uh, our new video contributor with this gifted video? Um, our video contributor is Sarah, and she is a huge fan of The Gifted and Runaways, and um, she put together, so for The Gifted, she put together a nice little video sort of digging into the Lorna Dane character, and the it's, it's kind of a look back at her emotional journey in the first season and places she may go in the second season. We'll have that up this weekend. We also want to encourage you guys to check out the second podcast in our Marvel News Desk family. That's called AP Marvel. Uh, This week's episode is going to be all about Iron Fist. Uh, Chris Compendio, who runs that podcast, has also been writing for that a little bit on the site. So uh, definitely check out um, all that stuff. Um, Rhiannon, before we get into the news, uh, do you want to tell folks about our New York Comic-Con get-together? I think it's only like two weeks away now, so we should give some details on that. Do you want me to talk about it right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was me in in-show mode, not just like, hey, let's do this in a second. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, New York Comic-Con, we are very excited. We are going to have a little meet and greet. We have uh, the lounge area at the Bourbon Street Bar and Grill. Uh, and it's on 49th Street, I think between 7th and 8th. We'll put we'll put up a little Facebook event page so that you can look at the details. Let us know if you're coming. I mean, I, you know, like, we have no idea if there's going to be, like, three people there, if there's going to be 30 people there. If there's 300 people there, we are screwed. But there's plenty of overflow room into the bar there. We'll have a little bit of food, some food there, and then there'll be there's a bar and everything. Um, I stopped by for those that hung out with us at New York Comic Con last year. It will not be as loud as that other bar. Caleb, I think you missed the night where we all sat around as a bunch of old people going, that music's too loud. Yeah, I did. I missed that. I missed out on that altogether. (laughs) It was was a lot of fun and the music was too loud. Um, This place, it's funny, I went by last week just because I wanted to see if it was incredibly loud and they were very funny. They were like, we can turn the music off for you. <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. Um, so anyways, we would love to meet you. If you want to come meet us, you don't have, I mean, obviously you don't need a New York comic con badge or anything to come by. So it'll be Friday of comic con six to 8 PM. Um, cause I have to go get a little bit of sleep before I get in the daredevil line the next morning. So we would love to meet you. We would love to meet your friends. Come on out. Yeah, if you're coming to Comic-Con or if you live in New York, uh, New Jersey, anywhere close to Manhattan, come by. I know we're going to be there. I think Chris Compendio from AP Marvel is probably going to be there. Yes. And Michael T. Ford, I think, should be there. And I'm guessing that Shelby will be with you, but I don't know. So Yes. Uh, those are people you probably heard of on this show, and we will be there, and we'll love to have you come. So. 
Yeah, I think um, Michael T. Ford's going to be able to stop in. He, uh, Shelby, there's some other folks, like if on Twitter you follow, there's like Daredevil Room. Um, the person behind that account is probably going to be there. And uh, I don't know, I might just like, if none of you say you're coming, I might just, you know, dig up some more friends and try to get them to come out. So let us know you're coming. Uh, well, I saw Rhiannon a little bit earlier. Uh, we actually have content tonight, today, guys. Uh, after a few weeks of, of very sparse Marvelness, uh, this week there is a ton to talk about, so I'm, I'm ready to jump in. Deadline has just announced this, uh, within the hours of us recording this, ABC has done a production commitment for a new show that's going to be run by uh, Alan Heinberg. He was a writer for Wonder Woman. And that show is going to, um, I lost myself for a second. The main topic for today's discussion is going to be all this Disney streaming stuff. So if you're looking for that in the news, we're going to do as the main discussion, we're going to get there. But before that, for just the news, Deadline, ABC Production Commitment, Alan Heinberg, uh, the show's going to be about some random female characters, they say. Um, it's going to be for ABC, uh... Adam, I've been racking my brain. Do you have any guesses about who the show could possibly be about? Uh, it's probably a huge nothing burger. I mean, this isn't our first rodeo, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. I, I feel like there's been a, f a, a female series at ABC in the works. Because we had that other story about a female-led series that we thought might be She-Hulk or something but this says like multiple lesser known women so we're talking like black cat and silver sable or what i mean i was going through my list and i was like already used already used too important too important owned by sony i mean we did have that story i think you're talking about um rhiannon where they said there was a jessica jones-esque show right that they were gonna do but like I was looking through this. I I have very very little that I I can even think of. Like um the only things that have come to my mind, I think White Tiger could potentially be a character that be small enough they would let ABC use. And I don't think she's coming to Netflix cuz they've had the opportunities to bring her and you know like Daughters of the Dragon and Hellcat to me are like should should get the option first for that, you know? Um, the only other thing I thought of was like a... I mean, this would be terrible. Like, a Chicks of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know? Like, I don't They get like Mockingbird and Maria Hill, and they just have like women S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. They're on an all-female team. But I, I really can't think of anything that this could possibly be. Right now, I want it to be the Mary Walker show, where it's just like all of Mary's altars. They call it a group of lesser-known women, but... Because even the, even the language of, you know, a production commitment, didn't we have that kind of language about um, the uh, uh, damage control, right? Like, that was a show that we were told had to put commitment, and then never happened. New Warriors, we were told, is definitely, and it hasn't. Like, at this point, ABC feels a bit like Warner Brothers telling us that a DC movie's coming. We're like, yeah... I'll, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and the timing's a little bit suspicious as well with the revelations made last night. Um, I, I mean, I, <laughs> hey hey, we're still over here. 
Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. John Ridley still has a project somewhere out there. There's a Jessica Jones knockoff out there somewhere. Yeah, it's it'd be crazy to go back and see how many times they've actually. I mean, this is the fifth or sixth time they've announced something's in the works, right? And I mean, both both the rap and Deadline both had this, um, so it must be a, a widely known thing. Um, For those of you that are not on the video, Adam just looked out his door as if a serial killer was about to enter the room. I was worried that he was going to get taken out. <laughs> no, it's just started... No, it's just started, like, it's raining like a cow pissing on a flat rock. It's just out of out of nowhere but uh, yeah i mean i it's i'm uh i'm not confident in anything at this point i mean we'll get into it later uh kind of expanding off this stuff but it doesn't look too good for marvel tv that that's my opinion at least my two cents absolutely and like you said we we will get into that i think i think jeff Loeb is having a very interesting day so <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, the next bit of news we had: uh, the Russo brothers put out a tweet. There was a picture of I can never remember which one's which. I think it was Joe or Anthony. It's got to be one of them. Joe yeah, sitting Joe. in a chair on a set, and it just said "Look hard," and the internet is going crazy trying to figure out what we're supposed to be looking at in this uh, this picture. There was. Um, I mean, it's just it's just a set. It looks empty. People are taking the the frame of the uh, the the uh, ladder and saying that it, it's 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 an A and another A for an easel, and it means the movie's gonna be called Avengers Assemble. They're like doing high def like color like brightness changes to try to find words scrawled on the side. Somebody noticed that the ventilation has X's patterns in it. They think it means X Men. Uh, Rhiannon, you followed this rabbit hole a little bit in the last half hour. Oh, Have you see seen so anything of, of value in this I image? Mean, you, they said look hard. There's some stuff in it that looks... Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a little thing down here that looks like a little rag on the ground that I think looks like a little dead baby group. Um, there's the bottle of liquor. Thank you to whoever did that color correction thing and made it all nice and light. I haven't found anything. I, I, I don't even recognize the Russo brothers enough. I thought maybe this was a shot of the back of Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, so I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't think we're supposed to know. I think if you could really truly see something and figure it out, they wouldn't post it. I mean, the thing that does make sense is that the, the name Avengers Assemble, um, cause that kind of ties in with that Avengers forever. They said it was awfully close to the name, I guess. And they did say it would be disappointing when we found out what it really was. Oh, wait, that's Wolverine in the background. You're right. Right? Oh. The X is in the ventilation. Every single like HVAC ventilation thing on earth looks like that. Give me a break with the X one stuff. Come on, guys. <laughs> I have heard, um, apparently a lot of people think it can't be called Avengers Assemble because in the United Kingdom, that was the, uh, the title for the first Avengers movie. Like it was released in theaters as Avengers Assemble. 
And so all the British people are like, no, they can't name it that because what would we call it here? <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, they make the decisions based on just the United Kingdom. Sure. Nice try, guys. <laughs> well, everybody's coming back from dust, so maybe it'll be Avengers Reassemble. I'm curious to know uh, what time of day was this picture taken? Because why is there that ginormous bottle of booze on the table? It looks uh, probably a vodka. I mean, Joe is a liquor connoisseur. He just has his restaurant opening up, and there was a nice little profile about his hobby. He is also an alum of the University of Iowa, which is one of the biggest party schools in the United States. FYI. Speaking of his restaurant, Adam, I heard that they had a big event at the restaurant and Taika Waititi showed up and it's proof that Korg is coming back. Give me a break. Give me a break. I mean, you have to admit, (laughs) that's something. It just, that group of people in that shot was way too random to be random, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. So... It's actually in our news. I wasn't just busting your chops. Like, do you want to explain more about that news story? Joe, I'm not sure if his brother's involved or not, but at least Joe and actually Joel McHale um, opened up a restaurant in Los Angeles called Simone. Um, And they got a James Beard winning chef, and they hired this dude from Scotland that's apparently the best booze guy ever. I don't know if he's like a bartender. He's not a bartender. I just insulted him probably. Um, but they opened it up and they had mixologist. Yeah. Mixologist. That's like a sandwich artist, right? He, uh, they had like a soft opening or whatever. And so Russo was there. Taika was there. Uh, Kev was there. Chris Evans, Don Cheadle. And then like the D-list guardians, like Mant, Pom Clementieff and Karen Gillan. Scarlett Johansson was there. Uh, and then the cast of Community, right? Oh, uh, is it Yvette? Nicole Brown? She was there. But, I mean, see, that does make sense because the, the, the bald white dude was in Civil War, right? And they've had all their Community cameos. Um, and Daniel Putty was in uh, yeah. Winter Soldier. So, and Donald Glover, we can count that. That wasn't more than a cameo. It was essentially a glorified cameo. But that wasn't really a Russo film. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like a weird assortment just to be like a chance gathering. Now, I'm not sure I know their friendships and all that stuff, but I guess I just didn't picture that when Joe Russo has a party, the first person he calls is Pom and Karen Gillan, you know? Or Taika Waititi, for that yeah. matter. Like, they work together a little bit, but it's not like they're best buddies. Yeah, and I mean, let, let's, let's be real. I mean, Korg got away. And Feige himself said Korg and Meek, they have plans for Korg and Meek. So does, I mean, it makes sense that, I mean, Tessa Thompson's in Avengers 4, right? Or don't we know that? So this was, this was kind of the question I wanted to like launch off of this. There were people who were not in Infinity War and we all kind of gave it a pass because we knew that there's going to be an Avengers 4 and some of them are going to appear. So like Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Wasp, those are characters that weren't there, but we're like, oh, you know, they'll be in the next one. Um, Are there any characters who've not appeared yet in Infinity War that you are going to be like really hacked off if they don't get to be part of either of the two movies? Like 
Who who's on the list for Avengers four that really has to be there for it to feel like a full culmination of the universe for you? It's a good question. Daredevil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be hacked off then. <laughs> uh, so we. Who was it? Was it Batista or Tom Holland or someone said that there was that one scene with 65 people, right? That was the number. I mean, was that an exaggeration or I mean, we didn't get we we didn't get that kind of group money shot in Infinity War. You know, so if we go through Avengers 4 and and we don't get like kind of like that class photo-esque type Shot. I mean, what the hell's going on? I mean, if there's not like that with not literally everybody, but I mean, even down to Korg, you know, I mean, you'd think that that's kind of at least something they would send off some of this cast with, you know, I certainly think they are missing something given that they introduced a character like Valkyrie or a character like Wasp. To not have them in this movie to help launch to the future makes it very much a retrospective movie without making it a future launching movie. And I think they want Avengers 4 to be both of those things. Um, I agree that there needs to be one of these money shots. And we know that they know it's important because they made a fake one for the trailer. Right? That poster, right. the one we yeah. had of like Hulk, you know, in, the, in Wakanda. Like, we know that they know that we want it. And so... I, it just would seem impossible to me that we're not going to have a major, major and frankly it's going to be after a, an undone snap. There's no way that the group shot is going to not include Black Panther or Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or those characters, you know. Right. I mean the only person it probably won't include is Drax anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, he he might be gone. I mean, yeah. Drax and Daredevil. <laughs> and Shaolau the Undying. That would be the ultimate just middle finger is if Feige did throw a dragon yes. in somehow. Yeah, and like even it was like just a montage of like all the different people dying somewhere and you just see like Shao Lao in his cave and then he turns to dust just to be like, well, we had the budget for it. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Like red eyes and then they materialize into a dragon and then it dusts. That would be awesome. Call us Feige. All right. Uh, next bit of news I've got: um, Venom is supposed to be opening up to a sixty-five million dollar weekend. That's what the early tracking is saying, which would make it the highest-grossing October release in the history of cinema. Rhiannon, does this seem overly optimistic to you, or do you think that uh, Sony actually is going to pull this thing off? I, I mean, I would have thought bigger movies came out in October. I. Didn't Titanic come out this time of year or something? I don't... Maybe it was January. But I just... That would be... If if Venom is record-breaking in any way, I would be astonished. But I talk to people that are really excited about Venom. And I don't even know how people have heard about Venom. But I talk to people that aren't, like, comic nerdy types... And they're like, oh, there's that Tom Hardy movie coming out, the the Venom thing. So maybe it will. I probably won't make it that first weekend. 
Adam, we also uh, we got a poster. Do you have any thoughts on on either the poster or the uh, or the uh, box office stuff? Nah, sweet, cool. That they put zero effort into that poster, man. Like, come on. I don't know what it was. It just, I guess it rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't, yeah, nothing special. I don't know. For the box office, I'll see it when I believe it, or I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> or or literally, you'll only see it if you see the box you office see, returns yeah, coming right. that good. <laughs> right, exactly. I thought it was really weird. I mentioned this on, on Twitter that poster, it's like the only thing at the bottom was like Tom Hardy, Venom. And it seemed odd to me that you get a actress as prestigious as Michelle Williams and then you don't even stick her name on the poster. Like, I, I don't know how those decisions are made. Obviously, her name is in the like paragraph garble at the bottom. But it is very interesting to me that they bothered getting her and getting Riz Ahmed. You know, they've kind of gotten some, and Woody Harrelson, right? They've gotten relatively big prestigious names on this thing and yet it's almost exclusively being marketed as a Tom Hardy vehicle which I find just a, li- a little bizarre I figure you would flaunt your cast if you had that cast so so um, the Defenders had a uh, Facebook site I guess for uh, the TV show and this week it got re um, reapplied for a new thing on Netflix called NX or something like I don't, I don't even understand what it was it's like a sub part of Netflix just where they're like hey look all your nerd stuff is together which I find kind of patronizing but anyways um, hey man they follow us on Twitter leave them alone <laughs> that's true Netflix gives us screeners we love you whatever NX forever um, but by using the Defenders Facebook page for this uh, people are suggesting that uh, that's a good sign that they don't plan on ever needing a Defenders social media presence again. Does that seem like a, uh, from a marketing perspective, Adam, would that seem to be what it suggests to you? Uh, I would guess that they looked through the plethora of um, nerd-based, I don't know, This is it's like the sci-fi or fantasy type hub for Netflix. And they were probably sitting there, and they probably had an abundance of these pages. And they're like, oh, most of these shows are getting canceled. Which one has the most likes that we can use? Um, Which I think might actually be against Facebook's terms of service. But essentially, they just kind of took over the Defenders page because it probably had the most likes. It's totally allowed under Facebook terms of service, but Facebook alerts the followers that a page that you were following has been converted. So that's how people found out because people started getting the alert saying you were following the defenders and it is now in X, um, which I think was a pretty genius move of them. I mean, they had a page with half a million followers. They must not plan to do anything with it anytime soon. And they were just like, okay, let's take these nerds and, point them towards this little montage we're doing that shows our nerdy shows and Stranger Things. Like, I don't get how Stranger Things gets thrown in. I mean, I guess it's horror. I mean, it, it's genre. But, anyway. Or, the kids play Dungeons and Dragons, so now Stranger Things is nerdy. 
See, I'm of the opinion that Stranger Things is the best X-Men show ever made. Like, Eleven is the best Jean Grey to ever be on a comic book, or ever to be on TV. <laughs> um, talking about Netflix, uh, Daredevil Season 3 gave us a new promo image this week. Um, it was a sort of red poster, looks like a little bit of New York, maybe a church. There's a cross with a dead Daredevil helmet on it. And it just says, let there be darkness. Uh, Rhiannon, I think you were pretty much, you're, you're digging this, weren't you? I think they um, stole my idea. I actually was in the process of doing some like little artsy things with my friend for New York Comic Con. And my idea was to do a little Matt Murdock tombstone and then put the red daredevil mask over it. And they stole my idea. So, Netflix get out of my head or just stay there. I like it that way. I'm really excited about this. I, 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 I like, it's funny cause I've been, um, following the daredevil fandom and their reaction to both that first teaser and this, some of them are upset that things are so dark and I want to know what Matt Murdock they saw for the first two seasons. What show were they watching for those first two seasons? that they don't like a dark daredevil show. And again, we've been talking for two years that season three would be some version of born again. So what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Like I, I actually saw a person going, I thought season three was going to be born again. And instead it's this really dark thing. And I don't know if maybe they thought Born Again, like, if they went out and they found, like, a Southern Baptist Christian novel about being born again <laughs> and thought it was about Daredevil, like, finding Jesus. But, um, I don't know. And I've, I've, I was saying last week on the show, I didn't always love their scripture references. Let There Be Darkness is such a good tagline <laughs> because it's. It's, I mean, it's alluding to the beginning of Genesis, the creation of the world, let there be light. And so the idea that this is setting up a season that's all going to be deconstructing and decreating the world of Daredevil, that's exciting. The thought that that could be what it's about. And so I just thought that was very clever. Didn't you just get deep? I did. I did. You guys are so edgy. <laughs> like, how do you handle being so edgy? I love... Now I know to get you a flipping hot topic gift card. For so Christmas. exciting. <laughs> Adam, do you have about five pieces of technology pulled out at this point? Every time I, I do, yes. Over, Sorry. I uh, do, yes. I just got the uh, 10% notification on my phone. And it's a new phone, so I don't have like the... Why the hell did they take away a headphone jack off of a phone? That doesn't make sense, does it? It makes it waterproof. Uh, ooh, wait. <laughs> it looks like a freaking circus, Circuit City over there. There's just like stuff coming out left and right. He literally has two sets of headphones on at this point. I do. Yes, I do. That is accurate. All right, let me hit the last bit of news, Rhiannon, which isn't really news. Um, M. Raven Ratzner. Ratzner. I can't say that guy's name. M. Raven Metzner. Uh, responded to one of your tweets this week. So apparently the psychologist from Iron Fist Season 2 is the same one from Iron Fist Season 1. 
Yeah, the uh, psychiatrist. That's actually, we were recording the Iron Fist AP Marvel podcast that everybody can listen to right now. Um, and in it, Chris was like, I think it's the same psychiatrist as season one. And I couldn't find it on IMDb. Mostly because, like, you probably need to know the psychiatrist's name, or he was in three episodes instead of two, or whatever. So it was just easier to tweet at Raven, and Raven confirmed. Same psychiatrist that was working with Danny Rand in the first season. Worked with Mary Walker in the second. That is news you never knew you needed. Exactly, man. We're not just we're not just telling you news, we're making news. We are we're that good. Also, if you listen to that Iron Fist podcast, I give all kinds of fake Daredevil season three spoilers. <laughs> so I'm oh, confirming okay, that's what you meant. I'm confirming now that they are fake. Did you make sure they were so fake that they're not possibly spoiling something we haven't seen so that Netflix would get suspicious that we had seen more than what they gave us? I mean, if you guys think there's going to be a long hallway sex scene with Matt and Foggy, then you're welcome to keep thinking that. Okay. There we go. I think we're safe there. Yeah. Probably. All right, um, let's talk about Captain Marvel. So it's a point in the show where we talk about trailers or reviews or whatever. And um, it obviously Captain Marvel dropped just yesterday as we're recording. Um, we've been waiting for that trailer for a long time. It was finally here. Uh, let's start generically. Uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? What uh, popped out to you as you watched uh, our first look at Carol? Jude Law is totally a bad guy, for sure. Like confirmed, he's a bad dude. Yeah, I, I show the the image at the very end where she like makes a fist in the the blue and red suit. You totally can see her fighting a bad guy, and it's totally not blue skinned and it's not green skinned, and it's like a black and silver outfit that looks a little bit like a Yon Rog suit that I've seen in some of the comics. I mean, I think that's totally Jude Law right there. That's just my take. Did. Okay, so it's set in the 90s, right? Apparently, very specifically, between 1997 and 1998. How'd you find that out? Uh, this is totally from Mr. Sunday Movies, guy from Australia. Um, one of the subway maps has a line that opened in 1997 on it. But Blockbuster Video took video off of their awnings in 1998. Who the hell had the time to figure that out? Give me a break. I'm guessing he stole it from some idiots on Reddit, but... (laughs) Jesus. But the only thing that really felt 90s to me was the fact that they showed Blockbuster right out of the gates. Like, anything else didn't really... Like, they didn't even play Alanis Morissette or any... There wasn't even a song with it. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was... uh, It just didn't seem like a throwback that much. That's true. There was no Alanis Morissette. I don't know if I'm in anymore. Just no interest. So this kind of jumps ahead to one of the questions I had written down. Um, Rhiannon, did you feel like this had enough of a tone to it? Or did this feel a little generically superhero-y? It felt very generically Marvel superhero-y. Yeah, it felt like we were going home. There was Blockbuster Video, there was Nick Fury, there was a little flash of Coulson. It was 
it, there was something about it that felt decidedly Marvel. That it was a Marvel trailer. It was an Avengers-esque trailer. Um, <clears throat> but there wasn't anything that... I mean, so I only watched it once. I'm awful, you guys. I only watched it once. And I don't remember a whole lot of details other than what I've seen people talking about. Like, there was nothing that stood out for me other than the blockbuster and Nick Fury that that left me going, ooh, that, you know, it's a lady superhero. But beyond that, I didn't come away with too much. I was surprised by the lack of humor. Like, it doesn't have to be super funny, but they usually at least put, like, a joke at the stinger or whatever. Yeah. And this was... The first time Marvel's done a trailer in a long time that there was nothing funny in it. I mean, the blockbuster video made me laugh, and I think it was supposed to, but there were no verbal, like, punchlines in the whole thing. I even, I, because, like, when the trailer came out, I was about, it was about ten minutes before I had to go in a meeting, so I sort of called a couple people into the conference room early, and, you know, like, held my hand out, and we all watched the trailer together. And, like, you know, it gets to the little, like, Captain Marvel there, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, now we get the joke! And there was nothing. I felt so let down. Um, Adam, did you feel like you got a sense of the story? I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. I got the whole plot figured out just by the trailer. Give us, give us your, go ahead, sketch it out for us. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why I was going to go right into it, but I stopped and I just created a really awkward <laughs> silence. My bad. Um, <laughs> it's been a long week. Um, so, Carol Danvers is in the Air Force, right? And she's in the Air Force with Marie Rambo. That's her name, right? Marie? I believe so. Um, and, of course, Carol, they... they okay, so... Let's let's spoil alert for today's new comic book day, right? Um, they retcon Carol's origin this week to make her mother Cree, so that's kind of almost spoiling the movie. Oh my gosh! Not? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so essentially, that's pretty much what they're doing with the movie. She's half Cree, and somehow maybe the Cree scroll Cree scroll war is raging on. Or something, I don't know. And then Jude Law crashes onto Earth. And Carol happens upon the crash like we see in the trailer. And she gets blown back. And maybe that activates her Kree powers or something. Long story short, Jan Rog slash Jude Law slash bad guy Dumbledore. He kidnaps or takes Carol off to Hala. Wipes her memory. Watch. Watch. Nick Fury totally finds out about and repurposes the Kree memory wipe into Tahiti to use on Coulson later. Um, but yeah, so uh, Jude Law wipes Carol's memories and then Carol, maybe on a Star Force mission, makes it back to Earth and says, wait, I totally know this place. And then it ends up that, yeah, she's like, wow, you probably shouldn't have wiped my memory, Jude Law. And Jude Law's like, whatever, and they fight. Along those lines, again, this is a detail that people shouldn't have this much time for. In that same video I was mentioning, uh, he points out that the Jets are apparently, uh, for people who know Jets, are like late 70s, early 80s uh, model fighter jets. And so the scenes where Carol is a fighter pilot should take place about 15 years before the blockbuster video scene. 
I thought it looked like a classic F sixteen E Strike Eagle, but you know, like I said, I only watched it once. Okay, you know your jet planes? Good gracious. <laughs> no, but I once did a project at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base and they were F sixteen E Strike Eagles and that was like just words I could throw out. Um, I think the real strength of this trailer is the visuals. Um, was there a particular shot or something that you saw that you were excited about or surprised that were we got a pic- to see already in the trailers? Um, the fact she punches a grandma in the face. I wasn't really excited for that, but it was kind of like, oh, damn, okay. Which we kind of argued about in Slack. I mean, with the scrolls involved, there's going to be... Maybe not Marge on the bus. You know, maybe this isn't going to be the comedic undertone or whatever. But there's going to be some point, like the like Austin Powers. You know, she goes to punch someone, thinking that person's a scroll, and the person's like, "Ow, what? What the hell are you doing?" I mean, that's got to happen once in the movie, right? No, definitely. Maybe. Yeah, no. Is I'm the with timing you. I'm right with you. that she could actually say it's a man, baby, and it would actually be like. A culturally appropriate <laughs> reference for the time period? Yes, yes. Sorry, you guys remember the 90s. Yes, Austin Powers was out by 97, 98. Okay. So, yeah. She can make an Austin Powers reference. Sorry, I didn't realize that was a real question. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I didn't remember what Austin Powers came out. What were you saying, Adam? No, we saw Ronan. It's like they almost pulled a Netflix and saying, hey guys, we are connected to everything. Plus, they de- they digitally de-aged uh, Clark Gregg because it looks like they just gave him fake hair and said, hey, let's spike this up a little bit. My trailer reaction video, I said, I don't, I didn't see Ronan or, Co- or Coulson. And so, like, all the comments on the YouTube video were like, Coulson was there. And I'm like, I know. It's just doing those reaction videos. I'm watching my, my uh, the, the camera. I'm watching my screen. I'm trying to talk at the same time. That's actually much more difficult than you'd think it would be to record one of those. I was amazed that we got the uh, the helmet and the mohawk already. I thought that's something that they maybe would have held back for the actual movie or for a later trailer, but they just went ahead and, and gave... And the fact that she has, like... I think this is a first, except for, I guess, you know, Iron Man. Having a helmet that has, like, the glossed-out, like, lit-up eyes. Usually they go for actual eye holes in a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, like Black Bolt. Well, Black Bolt didn't have a helmet, but you know what I'm saying. Like Cap or whoever, like, yeah. Captain America. But they, yeah. they actually gave, like, the lit up eyes. So that look of, like, her in the Cree suit with the uh, with the mohawk, I thought that was all pretty, pretty rocking. I was pretty excited by that stuff. They didn't tease a romantic subplot yet. That's true. Because that's my one wish. That I mean, that's the one barrier Captain Marvel can break, is having a movie with no romantic subplot. What if she falls in love with Coulson? I was just going to say that. <laughs> Does she play the cello? <laughs> so, Adam, you go, while, while you're plotting out the movie in your head, fit in where that romantic subplot's going to be. I did think that already we're seeing some thematic work. Like, that, that part at the end where it shows her, like, um, standing up, like, as a kid, like, when she fell down on the baseball field. And, like, you know, like, there was, like, three or four shots of her getting back up after falling down, all, like boom 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 together like you could already tell that the directors are kind of going that way of like she's this character that always gets back up after she falls 
Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I was surprised how much um, footage there was of her as a little girl. I think that they're going to go into her, her childhood a little bit more. Like, other than Peter Quill, do we know about the childhood of any of these characters, right? Like, that seems like a, a unique, interesting take that they're putting into it, so... It's a good. We saw stuff in Thor, right? I think there was. A, I mean, it wasn't super in depth. Oh yeah, that's right. Where Loki and Thor are walking through the Odin's uh, vault or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the thing that surprised me most about the track. I mean, it revealed virtually nothing. I guess. I she, it, they revealed that she has like memory loss. Her memory was wiped. So, I mean, I would guess that's the biggest, I mean, that's the plot of the movie, essentially, right? She tries to figure out what the heck's going on. And besides Fury and uh, Coulson and Ronan and Rambo, am I saying that right? Rambo? 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 Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds weird yeah, by itself. Okay. I always, I never yeah. thought about the name by itself as Rambo, but yeah, you're, I, I, I believe you're right. And I mean, Monica Rambo to- is totally in the movie. She's talking to her in the uh, trailer when she says, um, "I'm not what you think I am," or something like that. And it's brilliant because the timing matches up perfectly. Because if this is in between '97 and '98, and say Monica Rambo is. 10 current age she's 28 or whatever so in avengers 4 you know we could have a grown-up spectrum smart look at them using their brains it's, it's almost like this kevin feige guy knows what he's doing any other thoughts on the uh the trailer before we we move on to our main conversation what uh caleb you're the box office guru where's this where's this gonna land are we talking black panther type money so it's really hard to predict these things ahead of time. If you need to see any evidence of that, go to my um, look at my predictions from last year for Black Panther, which were totally half of what they actually ended up being, um, which is weird. Cause I mean, at the time back in January, when I did that column from Sioux exchange, I was on the high side. Like all the predictions were Black Panther to, to make, you know, whatever, 250, $300 million domestic, and I went on the high side of it and then it made $700 million, you know, like, um, so these things are hard to predict. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really doubtful that it would be a billion dollar movie because those don't come around very often. Uh, Black Panther really took off. Um, people I think don't like it when I say things like this, but I think the international market will be interesting. Does a woman fighter pilot who works for the U.S. Air Force appeal to Chinese audiences, for example? Um, Captain America, at least early on, and I would say to this day, Captain America movies underperform Iron Man movies. And I think in part because that America connotation is not as popular overseas because there's not the patriotic angle. Is she going to suffer from that as well? I don't know. My gut instinct is she will perform better than Ant-Man or Doctor Strange or any of the other. Uh, I would guess Guardians kind of money. That's going to be my prediction today is that she'll do it'll do Guardians kind of money. But it's it's all about the hype. If they properly tie this in, they already showed us the pager, right? Like they show. Um, yeah, right. Yep. They wanted to connect to Infinity War. 
if they make this feel like a vital bridge between Infinity War and Avengers 4 so that you'll feel like you're caught up with the plot, maybe they suck another 100 or 200 million out of this thing than they would have otherwise. So, I don't know. All right, so let's uh, move on to our main conversation, which was a news story that was so gigantic, we felt like we needed to talk about it more than just a little five, ten minute news blurb at the beginning. Uh, Last night, uh, was it The Hollywood Reporter, I believe, dropped... Variety. 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 Okay. Like a legit, serious trade. Yeah. Dropped... One step above Marvel News Desk. (laughs) One step. We're, We're biting their heels. Um, they, uh, revealed that, uh, some of the details about what's going to go on to the Disney streaming service, which, um, we still don't know what that's called. It's not officially been titled yet. Uh, we've called it mouse flicks on this show, but, uh, we knew that there was going to be some star Wars shows, that there was going to be a hundred million dollar, 10 episode star Wars show that was going to go on there, but we didn't really know what Marvel was supposed to be. And the news hit, uh, last night that what they're looking at is something like the following. Uh, they're going to do short series, six to eight episodes long that will focus on MCU film characters who have not gotten as much of a spotlight. Uh, actors from the movies are expected to sign on to appear in these shows. Uh, really big piece. Marvel studios and Kevin Feige will be in charge of this content at it will not involve Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV. Excuse me. Um, The first two shows that they're talking about are that they're going to do a Scarlet Witch show with Elizabeth Olsen and a Loki show with Tom Hiddleston. Um, There's a lot to uncover here. I've got some questions to kind of help guide us. Uh, First of all, do you guys think that Scarlet Witch and Loki are the right characters to start with as they look at these projects? Yes. I mean, maybe, I mean, Scarlet Witch, we don't know much about her. I mean, I feel like I barely barely know her, but they've proven she had such a critical role in Infinity War. And I think people will jump on board to get to know her. But mostly, Loki, Tom Hiddleston, he has a rabid fan base. The Loki fan base is just insane they just got a huge pile of subscribers that will pay whatever to be a part of this because they mentioned a loki series so from that standpoint in general yes from i mean like i don't feel like i need more loki story i feel like i've had a ton of loki story mixed in with thor but then again i will watch whatever loki story you want to put together as long as it doesn't involve the hand Loki versus the hand, I can't take. Ugh. What do you think of the uh, the options they started with here, Adam? Not bad. I, I mean, I anticipated Scarlet Witch being a bigger face in the movies moving forward. Um, so I wonder if this is going to affect that at all. Um, but, I mean, uh, Scarlet Witch miniseries is a way to bring Quicksilver back. I mean, it all depends on timeline stuff. I mean, is are these prequels to, you know, Age of Ultron? Is this, you know, Loki way back when? When's, when are these set? Um, the thing that piqued my curiosity is they said Loki, Scarlet Witch, and others. 
So, so there's definitely more than just two in the works. But that's not your question. I kind of have a thing to launch into when we get to that point. Oh, we'll get there. I, I do think um, Loki is not a death that we anticipate being undone from Infinity War, right? Like, he's dead dead. Yeah, and that's kind of my general thoughts with anybody pre-snap as well. But, I mean, I don't, I think it would, I mean, it would certainly take away from Thor's quest, wouldn't it, if Loki wasn't dead? I mean, Thor thinks he's dead. Um but I mean, yeah, this this is if Loki comes back to Earth and this timeline's after Avengers Four, you know, it's kind of already something we've seen before. It it does seem that um doing these as flashbacks or earlier in the timeline would help the continuity issues stay lined up better. Like we've always talked about the T V movie crossover being a problem because of the writing schedules. But if you make them flashback series, I think it's easier. I'm a little surprised because I had gotten the sense that Tom Hiddleston was kind of tired of being Loki, but, you know, I guess there's enough money available. Uh, it does beg the obvious question, which was my next one, Adam, of we hear these two characters are up for shows. Who would you like to see a six or eight episode miniseries about? You guys already know the answer. Why do you guys make me answer this? You guys know what's up. You know we're going to get a, a show feature in my guy, Mark Spector. I mean, th- this is the only... I mean, this ma- it makes perfect sense. Does it not? The only reason he hasn't appeared in Netflix so far is because Kevin Feige had plans for him. Um, the only question now is, I mean, obviously, if this is on Mouse Flicks, you can't have Mark Spector cutting the face off of Bushman. Um, so, I mean, there's questions there, but they're throwing serious money at these, you know? They could make, you know, Moon Knight that Batman-esque type thing, you know, type character. That's actually not at all what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say something about Hawkeye or Vision. Oh, crap. I have a whole huge want list. Add Squadron Supreme, too. Things like this, I mean, we've talked about champions before, but, I mean, is it realistic? Um, to get champions, you know, at this point, uh, and then the whole, I mean, Tom King vision, that's a hill I'll die on. That is one of the best comic runs, um, ever made. And if they can adapt that, you know, it's, it's got that. And, and that's the thing too. It's not really a Netflix thing. I mean, it has to deal with death and not suicide, but I mean, it, People die even though they're the robots. So is that still kind of fits into this mouse flicks family type? Because I mean, Bambi's mom got shot, you know. So why can't why can't Vin get shot or disemboweled by Victor Mancha? Um, spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, it's that would be great. And give Hawk. Let's okay. Give Hawkeye story, yes. but do you think a Moon Knight story would be legit? I mean, like a Moon Knight story on that family friendly whatever. Should Moon Knight be in that universe, or is he too dark? He's too dark, but I can't think of any other unless Feige branches out and produces something for Hulu or something like that. 
But see, and then it always comes back to that. I mean, Visions kind of walks that line, and I'm not sure really, you know, Fractions, Hawkeye is either super, super family-friendly either, you know, because that kind of has some heavy stuff in it as well. Well, it wouldn't be Fractions Hawkeye. If it's the Renner Hawkeye, it's the Hawkeye that has a family in, what, Iowa? Yeah. Hey, I um, know several spots you can film. Just hit me up. <laughs> I I do love I I love the fact that we could talk seriously about Renner actually doing this. Yeah. Like when this report said Elizabeth Olsen and Tom Hiddleston are expected to be in these. It's like, "Oh. Okay, that's that's surprising." You know, like we always felt like that we would never get these series with these bigger actors because they're Hollywood types and or movie people and not tv people and so it's it's amazing to me that they're going to get them excited about doing something like this i mean the the only person i can't really see is doing it's like rdj and hell maybe even then they would get him as cameos or something uh i mean i could see dudes like chris evans doing it maybe oh with the restaurant picture he he also shaved off his mustache you see that? So we won't have mustache gate for Avengers 4 reshoots. Yeah, his douchebag play is over, so he doesn't need the mustache anymore. He was playing a douchebag or something. Um, I mean, Evans, I get that part of the reason Evans is kind of... He's not saying he's done with it, but I think for him, any of the characters that involve a massive amount of muscles... There's a lot that goes into recording. You know, like, you can't just pop in and have a Captain America cameo without him bulking up a little. Well, it's kind of like Hugh Jackman. When he was done with Wolverine, part of the reason he wanted to be done is so he could eat something other than, like, chicken cutlets, you know, and, like, egg whites for the rest of his life, so. Exactly. And I'm wondering, I mean, maybe I've just, like, thrown, projected that from Hugh Jackman onto Chris Evans, but I kind of get the feeling that maybe that's what he might be headed towards. Yeah, and I always, I don't know, this may be controversial. I have always wondered if there is um, any degree of chemical aid going on with helping some of those guys get so jacked. Oh. And that if maybe, I mean, I don't know, it's not, it wouldn't be illegal for them, I wouldn't think. You know, like, um... And if so, those are things that can really take a toll on your body after a while. So maybe that's not right. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm not saying Marvel does that. I'm just saying it it would not surprise me if, at the very least, there was some low-end performance enhancers being used to help these guys get some buff. And that's not something you want in your body forever. Wait until uh, um, you forgot to put this in your announcements. Your doping expose drops later this week. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was a joke, um, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> someone's like, "Where's where is it? I'm waiting for it." Uh, um, let's see. What else was I going to ask about this? Um, what? Okay, so let's let's talk for a minute about the saddest man in the room on this. What does this say for Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV? Not that good. this is not going through him. You should not have any hope whatsoever to see Netflix characters in 
movies anytime soon. Because instead of... Kevin Feige would rather take his characters he has now and make TV shows for them than crossing over already existing characters. Um, So, I mean, at least to me, I don't think this looks good for any Defenders crossovers or S.H.I.E.L.D. crossovers anytime soon. Plus, I mean, if he's producing it, he doesn't have to go through... Has it doesn't have to work with Jeff. He doesn't have to go through Perlmutter or any of that. You know, with this, doesn't he... I mean, he reports directly to Bob Iger, right? And Bob Iger's been on record numerous times saying that this streaming service is the biggest thing Disney's doing over the next few years. Well, that's okay. Jeff has his female, his lady show on ABC. And his other lady show on ABC. And right. New Warriors. Jeff is busy with that show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, along those lines, Adam, you're right that we have heard that Disney is putting a lot of their eggs in the streaming basket. Um, this confirms that that's legit and it's serious. Like if they're putting out, we heard $25, 30000000 million for some of the movies they're going to be making on there. Um, they're getting some of their big actors are getting Kevin Feige to overlook these Marvel like shows that suggests that they really do see this as a legitimate future. And it suggests to me that we could see a day where this becomes as important of an outlet for Marvel as the movies, because I mean, we listen, we love the TV shows. We're not trying to poop on the TV shows, right? But in the end, we all know that Daredevil and Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways, as much as we enjoy those shows or Cloak and Dagger, those are not main drivers for the main thrust of the universe. They don't change the status quo. If anything, they reference the changes that happen in the movies. But I think this Marvel, this DC, or Disney streaming thing could get to the place where it drives the universe as much as the films do. And that's going to be a massive titanic shift for the universe. So that kind of segued into a question I have. Do you think with such a huge focus on this streaming service, do you think that they will get to a point that they introduce someone on the streaming service and use afterwards in movies? Or do you only think it's going to go from movies to streaming service? I mean, I would guess immediately that's the case at least. I think side characters might definitely, you know, I could see like a Korg showing up on the streaming service and then showing up in a movie. Um, I mean, though, I'm all for the Korg series. Give us the revolution. Um, But a main character? You think like they would introduce like a Captain Marvel, a Black Panther level character? I don't know. I mean, what is about it? like a Miss Marvel? I was thinking more kind of that level, like a Miss Marvel or a Sam Alexander or Richard Ryder even. Or what the hell is New Warriors being produced by Kevin Feige now? I mean, it almost seems like that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, let me put it this way. What I think is very possible is that a character will be introduced on a streaming service show that will then 
appear in an Avengers movie. I'm not sure if they'll go from like having their own show to then having a solo movie, but, um, you know, like, uh, uh, let me try to get something off the, um, Oh, what's the name of the, uh, the old lady who's sometimes in Scarlet Witch stuff, Agatha, who am I thinking of Adam? No idea. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know. I I have an idea, but I don't. She was like the adoptive mother for Scarlet Witch when Magneto like abandoned them. Uh, Agatha Christie is the only thing I can come up with. But anyways, I could see her as like a side character being introduced in a Scarlet Witch show and then her having a role in an Avengers movie on the big screen like that. That seems totally possible to me. So are we I mean, it's it's going to be awesome when they introduce Magneto, isn't it? I mean, because we don't know anything about their past. We don't really know anything about them, you know. They, we know that they were tested on and stuff, but they they can do some cool stuff with that. That's a sidebar, but Agatha Harkness is the name I was looking for. So, um, now it does seem this is reading between the lines. You guys can tell me if you're the same place. It does not feel like these are going to be TV shows in the traditional sense and that I would expect a season two and a season three and a season four. It feels like it'll be a one-off where they give Tom Hiddleston $10 million to make six episodes. And then that will be standalone and we probably won't return to it. Right. Oh yeah. I'm in totally agreement. Cause what if we're, I would guess they're probably hour long episodes. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, if there's six, one hour episodes, that's, that's a trilogy right there, you know? There are no rules. I mean... And, I mean, if they're prequels, if they're filling in the gaps, if they're going back and giving us earlier stuff, you can have a very good start and end of the story. And if you want a sequel, go watch Thor. Or if you want a sequel, go watch Ultron. Go, well... Hawkeye doesn't really have a good role in anything but that's why we need a Hawkeye series yes his life and times in New York City with Pizza Dog before he got married and moved to Iowa and Iowa has film tax credits now what the I mean come on guys I mean that was just a big deal a year or two ago just saying Um, just bringing Bringing this back around, I mean, Rhiannon, does this make you feel like your Netflix universe is going to be ever more separated? Like, to me, this widens the gap between Marvel Studios MCU and Marvel TV MCU. Does it feel that way to you? I think it either widens the gap or it very much narrows it. Like, there is something, and I can't describe why, I can't explain... But there is something about this that feels like, oh, you know, they're going to have, I mean, like, Loki, they do a Loki, whatever, he'll be off in Asgard or wherever. Um, You know, like, a Loki prequel won't even take place on Earth, so whatever. And Scarlet Witch won't even, you know, she, she could take place all over. I'm just trying to think where she's from, but I know it's not New York City. You know, Wongalore. If... Isn't that a mythical place she hangs out in, Adam? Wongalore? Wongalore? Anyways. Man, you're assuming I know stuff. 
I'm just some guy. Sorry. But anyways, she could, I mean, if you have a character, and that's why I jump straight to Hawkeye, because, like, in the comics, he lives in New York once he's an Avenger, at least. Um, You know, I feel like if you got into something, if you got into a series and it made sense, to me, I cannot imagine a series in New York City that does not, unless it's a prequel thing, you know, there, if it takes place before Matt Murdock put on his black pajamas i cannot imagine a series being in new york city and not intersecting with the netflix world i can't imagine a series where shield doesn't you know well i mean we already have it we have the superpowers and the shields aren't coming for them but i can't imagine to myself, I've been saying that we've had the movies touch base in New York. They just haven't stayed long enough for the Netflix world to intersect. But even if it's not, even if it's not Daredevil showing up in a series with you know Jeremy Renner or with Chris Evans or something, I would I can't imagine them being in New York City and. Not throwing in a reference to Turk Barrett or not touching base on something in that universe, having a Brett Mahoney or having Foggy pop up as an attorney or Jerry Hogarth or something like that. But that's just me dreaming. And, you know, if you give me enough time in a series in New York, I think they have to cross over. So um, I looked it up. <laughs> what I was thinking of, the High Evolutionary is from Mount Wondagore. And, um, he creates this like cow woman who raised Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So that is the random thing I was thinking of. How does Kevin Feige have time to do this? Because what we're hearing now is he's going to continue to be over the film stuff, which right now is three movies a year. He's then going to add the X-Men and Fantastic Four stuff to his catalog, which we've talked about. Are they going to have to expand their output or not? And then now he's also going to be overseeing two, three, four, five, we don't know, six to eight episode miniseries on, you know, Marvel Studios produced for the streaming service. Like at some point, Kevin Feige runs out of time to do these things, doesn't he? Well, no, at some point he just finds more people to delegate. Yeah. I mean, what what's his schedule I mean, let's take Captain Marvel. What's his schedule like? He's not sitting on set all day every day, is he? I I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, what's... I guess what's his... Does he... He reads the scripts and he probably plots everything out, you know? But, I mean, maybe he does set visits every so often, but I would guess he has time to do all this stuff. And you did bring up a good point. I mean, they're going to have their hands on... A little first family and X-Men action. Are, is there any way one of those actually debut on Mouse Flicks instead of a movie first? Yeah. Or I think you could also take some, like um, we've talked about the multiple man movie that James Franco was working on and how that seemed like a long shot for the movies. A six episode James Franco multiple man series on Marvel streaming or Disney streaming. Okay, that sounds realistic, you know, like, sign me up for that. And that's where, like, a lot of this, I mean, 
now I hate that they're doing a Black Widow movie. If they really are. Like, maybe... I, I would be happiest at this point if they came out and they said, Oh yeah, all those rumors about, about, about a Black Widow movie? That's going to be one of these miniseries. So maybe there'll be less movies, but there'll be this... And it'll take a little less off his plate. Or open up a little bit more of that world for, you know, room for something fantastic in the movies. That, that, <laughs> that's, well, I mean, this move also pretty much confirms that if there's a Marvel property on Mouse Flicks that's live action, it's MCU, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so for sure. I mean, because Marvel Studios is producing it. Well, I'm saying what happens if New Warriors is still Marvel TV and, and lands on it, you know? I don't know. I mean, what's the MCU even mean nowadays? But, yeah, like, sorry, Cloak and Dagger to me is the perfect taste, test case. Like, it's in the MCU. They name-dropped the Rands and the the Starks, right? But, but, I mean, it doesn't make any practical difference, you know, to the show. So it does make me think about all sorts of financial and business stuff. Like you said, Rhiannon, about Black Widow maybe being, you know, being turned into one of these miniseries. At that point, I think it's it's like the accountants are getting out with their abacus. And it's like, well, if we put it on the streaming service, we can assume that X percentage increase in subscribers, which would be worth so many dollars. But the box office receipts would be worth so many, you know, like they're totally weighing which of those ways makes them more cash, you would think. Add that character to our cast, by the way. Marvel Studios accountant. <laughs> if I the carry zero and I divide by Doctor. so coefficient of... That's the most mathematical sounding thing I could come up with. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just like the coefficient of... Uh, anyways. Um, but Disney didn't get where they are by making decisions that way. I mean, Disney did not get to be... Disney by making decisions purely for financial gain. So that's where I think there is always going to be room for creators, especially somebody with Feige's reach and Feige's vision to say, no, this needs to be a movie. This story is best told in two hours in the theater on the big screen. This story would be great, you know, on streaming. Well, and that's where, like, the Black Widow story, like, whatever she went through, the drama of training a spy and all of that, I'd like to see that over six episodes. But when you say a two-hour movie, I'm like, oh, okay, so you have to have your obligatory dramatic fight and the, you know, I'm sure there'd be a love interest because there has to be a love interest and, you know, I don't know. I like the idea of more of the series. I'm trying to remind myself that if it is a movie, it still helps the streaming service, right? Because it just, it does the box office numbers and then it drives subscribers six months later when it hits on the streaming service, so. Remind Dr. Abacus. <laughs> ah, yes, very good point. <laughs> is the streaming service someplace 
where one James Gunn could land. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think Disney really no, doesn't like him so? around. I don't know. So we don't think that he's Feige's assistant that's working on continuity? I mean, Metzner did say he called, like we talked last night, he called Marvel Studios or whatever, and there's that one person that approves continuity things. What happens if he called and the person on the other line says, Marvel Studios, this is James? <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, Sokovia, I'm sure. I'm fascinated. I, I want James Gunn to get back on Twitter. Like, I'm amazed that he's not back on Twitter yet. Like, at some point he's going to talk about this crap, right? Like... Yeah, I wonder if there. Yeah, I was thinking that today. I wonder if there's litigation going on, or why, why it's completely mum and silent. I would guess they're ironing out something, right? Is there like an exit clause or something of that nature? Or? If I was James, I would be setting up a pseudonym as Jimmy Pistol, and. <laughs> Having my agent shot me around to movies under that name. Um. I mean, in all reality, I mean, people have talked about this. His next move is to do a DC movie, right? Like, there would be no sweeter revenge than a James Gunn Green Lantern movie that makes $800 million, right? Like, that's the way to go forward. Yeah. I, I say it's that, or, I mean, the Russo brothers are starting their own studio, and uh, Marcus and McFeely are already following them there, and I think that's a great place for Gunn to land. How did we get back to Gunn? <laughs> Adam, Adam just had to Jimmy talk Pistol. about it. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to say, I mean, probably the next five James Gunn movies are probably going to be headlining Dave Bautista at this point. I've asked all the questions that I was going to ask. I mean, gen- generically, I know this really pumps me up about the streaming service because this tells me that they're not going to go cheap. They are not going to halfway like this is something that they're really super committed to. And that's really important to them. And so for me, I find this to be very exciting news. I do, too. Um, when I was in San Diego, I actually went to the offsite that DC had for their streaming service. And, you know, they were featuring all the new shows that were going to be there, and they had all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, about what was going to make that different. And learn, like, I got, I don't give a flip about DC, you guys. I got excited. I, like, I was ready to just sign up for that DC service right there and then. And I had been thinking, you know, I was like, DC is going to just win this game if Marvel doesn't do something soon to step up. And I think last night they stepped up. Yeah, no, because this is way more exciting than than um, like that Titans bizarre thing. Like I haven't been, you know, like the trailer to that Titan show doesn't sound half as interesting as a Scarlet Witch six hour show made by Kevin Feige to me. So sign me up. Sign me up. And like I on Iger's conference call that one day, he said it's gonna. Pricing is going to be like competitive with Netflix and Hulu, and for nine ninety nine a month or whatever for like this quality of content, it's a no brainer. You know, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I will be interested to see what they do. You know, I mean, DC Universe is pretty cool. They're doing the original content, plus they're doing like retro programming, and they have the 
the Marvel Unlimited kind of component to it. Um, so I mean, if they can if they combine like Marvel Unlimited with Disney streaming, it's it's game over. Um, I do think, and this is not totally my original idea. Um, this is also really good news for people like Louis Desposito and Nathan Moore and Victoria Alonzo. Like you said, Rihanna, we said, how does Feige have the time? These other producers that have been hovering around and helping with Marvel stuff, I think they all just got bigger job titles. And uh, it would not surprise me if all of them are going to have some great opportunities coming their way. Definitely. Definitely. I think this would have been great if Gunn were still around for him to do something. All right. Uh, Let's go ahead um, and move on to our mailbag. A couple different things came in this week from the website. Uh, Dave was saying that he wants Luke Cage season three to be Luke and Kingpin in a gang war against each other, which I thought sounded like a very fascinating idea. Um, I do think that, and this is not saying anything. We'll have to see what happens in daredevil season three. We know that Fisk is going to be, has signed on for that season. And so whatever happens there, I think would affect that possibility. Uh, he also said he'd like to see Shadowlands as a Defender Season 2. We talked about how we don't think Defender Season 2 is happening, but um, I don't know. There's too much hand in that for me to be uh, too excited about that idea. So, Shadowlands should have been De- Defender Season 1, so they missed the boat. Uh, Love Waffle was saying about Iron Fist he'd like to see Misty get the Iron Fist just so that we could have her bionic arm also channel the uh, Iron Fist power Uh, I thought that was kind of fun Uh, on Twitter Michael T. Ford um, uh, talked about how he was thinking that they really were going to bring out the bigger guns for Mouse Flicks and this kind of proves it he also was talking about some of the things we talked about with Captain Marvel's um, memory loss storyline uh, he also just jumped in the live stream just a few minutes ago, uh, and uh, he was talking about still wanting to see Marvel one-shots on Mouse Flicks, which I still like to see as well. And uh, he also pitched an idea for the uh, ABC show, which I kind of like. Uh, the idea of like a West Coast Avengers, which would be a offbeat Grey's Anatomy-style show with a team based in Hollywood maybe with Mockingbird and Wonder Man as the leads. So, uh, I don't know. Get get Nathan Fillion in to do a Wonder Man show on ABC. I feel like that could actually maybe work. So, uh, that sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, we've had, we've been getting some comments on the different videos, so we appreciate everybody who likes those and uh, leaves comments. The, the more you interact with stuff on YouTube, I think it helps people see it, so we really appreciate you doing that. I did have one final story before we wrap. So uh, I went to a party Friday night and um, I saw a guy that I haven't seen for like two or three years. And he comes in and he goes, oh, hey, do, do you make a podcast? And I was like, um, yes, why? He's like, oh, I like to keep up with like movie news and stuff. And I saw somebody like link a podcast on Reddit and I started listening to it. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that guy's voice, that's Caleb. 
And so I have now had the first person in my life that I actually know in real life who has discovered the podcast, not by me telling them to listen to it, which was really kind of weird and bizarro. So it was nice. Wait, wait till you get a comic con and everybody knows you. Everybody knows it. We're going to be so popular at our big party. Um, so, uh, I did get this question from Michael T. Ford. Um, next week is the gifted. Have you guys caught up or are you caught up as much as you're going to catch up or? Oh, uh, I've been making real progress. I might make it through all of season one by next week, but I don't know if I'll, I don't know when I'll watch. I don't even know where it streams. I don't know what time it comes on. I, I'll have to do some gifted research to be able to speak knowledgeably about the gifted. Is there a dragon? <laughs> no, there's no dragons. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the <laughs> podcast. You guys can interact with us a lot of ways. Those messages on Twitter at MarvelNewsDesk.com, uh, at MarvelNewsDesk. You can also communicate with us via our MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. If you want to support the show, give us a buck a month over at Patreon.com slash MarvelNewsDesk. You'll get uh, access to our special MCU film ranking episode, which is available only to our Patreon supporters. Um, and you also get early access to videos like the gifted video that is now up on Patreon and will hit the rest of you uh, very soon. Um like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marvel News Desk or subscribe to the YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Uh, you can help the show be more visible if you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, number one most important thing, though, is you listen every week and you tell your friends, and we're very appreciative of that. We want to thank Tim V. Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. Also, thanks to Alvin for our theme music, including the special theme music I added to our episode last week. Uh, you can find him uh, on a variety of social media platforms at the Skull School. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, maybe talking about the gifted, maybe not. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.